Malachi here, Fred. Because he's silent. He's a good boy these days. Getting know. older, isn't he? He is. I mean, when he's out, he's not. He just spilled a whole thing of orange juice all over me because he kept yanking me off the lead. But he's a good boy. Um, and he's not been on my Twitter feed lately, which um, I replaced that on Sunday and I got abused by you earlier. So I, I understand that. <laughs> do, 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 I, I hope the listeners know what we're talking about. Um, I, I even don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, let's not worry about Let's it. not go. No, on. let's get straight into let's get straight into the meat of this podcast. Debs, is this twenty nine or thirty? It's twenty nine. Not quite thirty yet. Episode twenty nine. This might be okay. Leon Butler in the house. Leon, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Glad to. I want to know how to you. I want to know how busy your week has been. Yeah, I mean, I get annoyed when people go, oh, yeah, I'm so manic. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm so busy, but I actually am. So um, <laughs> I have sympathy when people say it to me now. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just a tricky time. We're just about to be green lit and it's just lots of juggling. And um, and you have the sort of undercurrent of stress that this could all come falling apart. So it's not like, oh, I've got a new job. I'm stressed because... I'm worried about how everyone's going to be on the workload, but when you put together a film and there's people reliant on you and there's, you know, your, your, your contracting crew who are blowing out other projects to do yours, then it is that there's an undercurrent of stress to that. So yeah, we're in mm. of that. But yeah, my week's been good apart from that. Do you, um, so, cause you, you said that you're really close to being green lit, like do, even once you're like green lit on paper, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you still have apprehension until you oh, actually yeah. get onto the set? Until the first day you start shooting, yeah. And even then, if I'm honest, I've talked about it before with other streets, there'll still be, you'll still be waiting for this money to clear or that money to clear or whether the cast members turns up or with COVID. You know, I heard a horror story mm. about COVID would cost £85,000 on our film to implement it properly. Yeah lateral flow tests aren't deemed good enough, so you have to have PCP tests. And then you think, well, by come September, a lot of that will be gone, but it doesn't sound like it. Um, so yeah, there's always that, that undercurrent. Then you hope the director does a good job and everyone turns up. So there's always that stress, but you know, I can't complain if otherwise we'll be doing something more mundane with less stress. Yeah, 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 yeah no, definitely. I mean, I'm... I'm uh... I'm I'm in that weird stage where I've got a show that's greenlit, that's financed on paper, that has a star and has a director, um, and yet I wake up every day scared. Like every time my phone rings and it's anybody connected to that project, instinctively I go, this is the call where they tell me it's not happening anymore. Do you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I, I wonder whether that will ever go away. I don't, I don't think it does. I think with success, that we're all striving for in this particular business, I think it perhaps will go away and there'll be people around you to kind of filter some of that stress. But I don't think mm. it goes away. And we talked before about imposter syndrome. When I speak mm. to like well-known actors, agents, and if they're old school, like over 55, then I'm like, feel like an imposter when I'm talking to them. Mm. Um, so yeah, so... It never goes away. And I said before as well, there's no champagne moment because, yeah, you'll, you'll celebrate your first press release, you'll celebrate the first day on set. But then 
you'll celebrate rap, but then you're worried about who's going to buy it, and then you're worried about when's the premiere going to be on, are people going to like it, who's going to mm. turn up. So yeah, but you know, it's a first world problem, because like we just said, we're doing it, we're in a business that everyone in the world would give their right arm to be in. <laughs> what if they didn't know what it was like, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I, I am, I, look, I'm, I'm massively, uh, I'm, I'm in that weird place where I do, uh, I, I pinch myself almost every day over something just because it all feels quite unreal. And also, you know, I have lots and lots of friends who are writers who don't make a living from writing. And so very, very, at, at, the, at the kind of base level, I'm just grateful for the fact that I can live from writing, you know. Yeah, um, by the way, some of those writers are far more talented than I am. And me. That, that's, yeah, and that's the other, well, I couldn't say that for you, but um, but yeah, and that's the other, you know, that c- comes back into imposter syndrome, you know. Yeah. You, you yeah, read no. something like, say, one of our colleagues on 9320 writes, and you think, wow, I couldn't write that. That's amazing. You know, there's a few of them actually on our on our pod that, that can they're amazing writers and I think, yeah. wow. So yeah, so there's always that element of someone's better than me. But that's life, isn't it? You just gotta do the best you can and make sure you sleep at night. Hmm. Yeah. Fair point. Um, Debs, how's Morning. your week been? Morning. My week's been good, considering I should have been in Ibiza with you. It was obviously a bit like mm, this is not the same. It's raining here. But it ended up being pretty busy and yeah, I've done quite a lot. But one thing that happened this week, it's worthy of a mention, is I didn't have a drink since Sunday. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. And even quizzing last night, I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to drink water and sit here and keep all refreshed because I'm out. I'm out a lot coming up. So I thought I would have a bit of a break. But it's I... better or worse without alcohol. Um. It's a tricky one because i not the greatest sleeper and I used to be famous for how well I could sleep and how long and anywhere, anytime sort of thing. But I, um, I'm not sure. I've been really, really tired. So I think it's been a good thing to not drink. I don't feel much different, to be fair. I'm just proud that I didn't drink. It sounds really bad, but I just... When you sit and go, oh my God, yeah, that's probably four, four days is one day perhaps all the same amount of time in the last year that the mm. break which is yeah it's a big that's a big fact when you go i know you're really good at not drinking in the weekly on when you're working and stuff but i obviously work from home <laughs> it's like i don't drink while i work from home by the way i should say make that clear but no so that that was um that was good but it did there was one day where i woke up wide awake and thought Do you know what i'm, I'm just gonna get up and i got up at seven and I was in the ponds by 11 and I got a lot more done that day. So, yeah, productive-wise, that particular aspect was good. But I don't really lie in anyway. I'm not a, I'm not that kind of mind these days. But, yeah, I, um, I'd say that it's been um, a, good, a good chance to kind of recharge the batteries. But, yeah. Good. Hmm. How's so, your week been? Uh, how has my week been? Um... It's been all right. I mean, I wasn't as productive as I wanted to be. I wanted to not drink all week and I didn't manage that. 
Um, but on the flip side, I also didn't go overboard. I've been up every morning and been running. So it's been all right. It's being very honest. There's a lot of people on the island that I know suddenly. Um, and that's quite tricky because people come here for a holiday. Yeah. And I'm not on holiday. I live here and working. <laughs> but you've got people here that are on the phone going, hey, let's go and do this. Let's go and do that. And it's it's just really tempting. It's really, really tempting. So I have to uh, I have to maybe turn my phone off or like, you know, turn my WhatsApp off or something like that to to stop the um, to stop the temptation. You're on the green list now. That, You've got, you're going to be inundated with people. <laughs> I know, I know. I get a su- I mean, I got, I'm not joking, I got five or six messages within an hour of each other from people in England all going, it's open, we're coming. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. Well, I spared you the thing going, can I rebook now? Can I, <laughs> can I put my dates in the diary, please? <laughs> can we put dates in the diary, please? Give me a, give me, give me until Monday. And then yeah, we'll put we need a shared calendar for that with your appointment system. <laughs> Leon, are you doing a beat this summer? I'll be there at some point, hopefully. Um, probably won't be late until sort of August, September time, but even it all better. depends on the dates. But yeah, no, I certainly won't be going anywhere until possibly a, a few days in August, and then not then yeah, no, it's gonna be tricky. I, I usually make it for at least a weekend, so I'll be there hopefully. Excellent. Let me know if you come because oh, uh, I guess that you'll be uh, you'll be having you'll be you'll be here for some fun, right? Yeah, who goes to Ibiza for not? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be coming for work. You know, oh, yeah, you never true, know. True, true, true. You could, you could, you could mix that up. Anyway, listen. Enough about all this stuff. Let's try and talk about some uh, some creative stuff. Debs, mm-hmm. what have you watched, read, listened to? Okay, I have watched. I've mentioned Breeders before. It's on Sky mm. One. It's a comedy. And Martin Freeman came up with the idea, and I think he's well, he stars in it. And I don't know if he's a co-writer, but anyway, I really like it. It's just a slightly different kind of take on the parenting thing. And obviously, I don't have kids, so I don't really care about them much, actually, to be honest. But it's really funny. It's really good. I like it. So I kind of watched that. I did go to the cinema again. I'm trying to get one visit in a week, so I went to see In the Heights. Can I jump in and ask a quick question about the cinema? Just really yes. sorry before I forget. Yes. Um, firstly, what's it like? Is it busy? People wear masks? What's the kind of general logistical Um, part of it? You are supposed to wear masks when you move around. I think they've kind of, they started off saying if you're eating and drinking, you don't have to wear it. Obviously, it would be tricky. Um, You pre-book everything and there's an app where I think you even pre-ordered drinks. And and In the Heights was quite busy because it was a Sunday and it's not really a children's film but a lot of people took their kids and it was like oh it's two and a half hours long what are you thinking madness um the one that i tend to go to i'm a bit fancy because i've got my card it's the recliner one so there's way more space than just the general cinema but it's it's fine it's really good i would, I would busy. Definitely... so the film if you get the date monday afternoon at four o'clock is it well, I went on a Wednesday afternoon last week and there was well, a handful of people in, like it used to be. You know how we'd say we used to sneak off to the cinema? Yeah, yeah. And if someone coughs, coughs does everyone sort of like duck for cover? Well, so <laughs> far that's only happened like elsewhere, which, yeah, there was a woman shouted at me last week going, I've got hay fever! I was like, all right, well, use a handkerchief, please. I didn't say that because I thought she might beat me up. But um, no, I didn't hear anybody... 
coughing and sneezing in the cinema but you can see those that don't have the masks on but again it does it didn't feel weird but i kept mine on anyway and so you know not a not a massive issue it's better than i mean sixty thousand people going to wembley <gasps> did i say that anyway i also speaking of watched the germany and hungary game because i have a crush on one of the german players so i cannot believe that now i'll have to watch germany and england on tuesday and that'll be interesting <laughs> um i also hold on hold on, oh. hold on, hold on. <laughs> firstly do it leon if the crush isn't mr whippy or sane then we're not interested in any other german player well, mate it's crush? a very odd crush it's a very odd think? crush but i've no hold on hold on hold on i've known deb's for a bloody long time and he's definitely her type oh, yeah, yeah whatever that means it's not the manager is it oh very funny he's about 20 years too old <laughs> <laughs> see leon doesn't know this about me yet but he's like granddad material to me no so come on then who is it hummels hummels oh god uh, yeah even though he did an own goal the other week oh yeah i love him and have you reached out on Twitter to show, show your love or not? No, but I did. I did. Yeah, I did an inappropriate Instagram yesterday. He posted a picture of his top off, throwing his shirt, which obviously not very COVID friendly, but throwing his shirt into the crowd saying, sometimes it's the simple things that make people happy or something. And I went, oh, yes, it is. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's such a... This could not work the other way around. This is, again, the double standards. If, if a man said that about a woman doing it, there'd be uproar, but I'm a you know, 51-year-old woman, so I can get away with things like that. <laughs> and I'm taking full advantage. Excellent. Anyway, Excellent. stop. I'm getting a bit hot. and bothered talking about that. So uh, let's move Sorry. swiftly on. I, um, Industry-wise, I attended a couple of things this week. One was the Writers Guild did a panel about when is a competition not a competition and what you should be looking out for in terms of know the small print and rights and things which was interesting but to be fair they've they were just talking you through a pamphlet that exists so i didn't really what do you mean what um just in a kind of you know how people might be oh pay this to get you know uh, enter this well opportunities that are paid for not necessarily the competitions not like the netflix impact type thing or it's just um taking you through their guidelines of what to watch out for as a writer so okay. make sure that you're not signing your rights over and make sure that you know if you're paying extra for feedback that you get actual constructive feedback not just a kind of yeah didn't like it <laughs> sort mm. of thing um but yeah i mean the writers guild if you're not members i i would always say it's worth it because as you've seen some of the events that i get to go to alone if you can do you do have to live in england I'm not sure. I'll look into it and let you know. But the other thing that happened this week, I'd already signed up for it through a different channel, but it came the Lupin Q&A, um, which was just brilliant and so fascinating. I absolutely loved it. Hang on. Sorry. Before before we get into Lupin, because I know that that's going to become a long conversation, yeah. I want to go back to the one that you just that you were just talking about, about the competitions. Yes. Um, also, forgive me if I'm a bit distracted, like loads of crazy Man City news is breaking at the same time, so my phone is absolutely blowing up. Um, anyway, um, my question for you, Debs, is... Yes. So these competitions, right? So so that was a, a talk that you went to with the Writers Guild where they talk about what to look out for, the pitfalls, all that sort of stuff. Yes. Did they talk very specifically about the Netflix no. <laughs> diversity uh, uh, competition thing and the small print 
which I've seen the small print and it, unless I misunderstand it, the small print of this Netflix diversity competition is that any idea you sell to them belongs to them, send to them, not sell to them, any idea you send to them belongs to them and they can use at any point without crediting you. I nearly asked that as a question because I knew you'd pointed that out to me before. They only used a few specific um, examples which mostly came from the audience asking questions of things like, oh, this happened to me, is that right? But that didn't crop up and I was trying to find that while I was mm -hmm. listening. Because I've seen a few things that read quite ambiguously where you think, hang on a minute, are you saying that even if you don't pick mine, you can keep my idea? Because it did yeah. read like that on some, some things that I've seen as well. But no, we didn't specifically... But it was quite interesting where it said things like, you know, what's the reward system? Are they offering you an opportunity to write or a commission or part of the pot from the admin fees? Stuff like that. So, you know, it was it was, it was quite interesting, but it was also basic. I mean, I'm wondering whether it will be a, um, a members only um, guideline. But if it's not, I'll put the link up on our on our Twitter for the the thing it was recorded as well so there's there's a possibility of a watch back at some point but yeah i mean it was Excellent. it's still worth attending these things i think you know there are about 100 mm. people at two o'clock on a thursday afternoon so obviously it's of some interest but yeah yeah definitely to, yeah i think that those things are really scary like the the more that i've looked into because i i get tempted sometimes because you know even if you're working you want a break yeah mm. and you want to know like, you know, it's, it's an inter they're, they're interesting, those competitions, but what always scares me is the fine print when you get, when you begin to read it and it's like, wait, hold on, like, surely that can't be right. Like, any notion that my idea is no longer mine because I enter a competition just feels kind of crazy to me. It is crazy. I mean, actually, and the good thing about the Guild is, and I've, I've used this service once for a contract, but this, that was for the book, but this, because I didn't have representation, one of the things they will do is if you do have something that you want to enter and you're not sure, if you send them the link and say, hey, I'm entering this, here are the TNCs, what do you think? They actually come back and tell you exactly whether you should maybe swerve it or not based on what the, oh, cool. the, they think. Yeah, it's, they're, they're really, really good. They're, they're, they're doing so many amazing things. But they have a free contract reading service. I mean, obviously, because it's free, you sometimes have to wait, say, four weeks. But if you you haven't got a legal team, it's a it's a really good thing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And the, the only other thing I want to go back to, sorry, because I was distracted and I, and I wanted to, to talk, ask you both about this. Is Martin Freeman the most hardworking man in, in British television or of British actors, current um, British actors? I don't know, I just because feel... he does a lot. He is amazing. But I also think Brett Goldstein's pretty, pretty active. And, you know, there's quite a few, actually. But, yeah, I, I like Martin Freeman. I think the reason, by the way, that I like Breeders is very sweary. And even though there's kids in it and they're just effing and blinding in front of the kids, which mm. I, just, I mean, I would never, I never swear in front of kids, I should say that, but I find it really amusing. It's it's quite, um, it's funny. It's a comedy, but it's... Um, I, I, I watched it, if I could, I watched it. I mean, I think it's funnier, and I say I haven't got my own kids, but I, I watched it with someone who's got kids. I think it's funny if you haven't got them, but I actually found the first, I watched the first episode, and I could definitely see the potential. I did really enjoy parts of it, mm. but it, it didn't seem that realistic. Um, but it is a comedy. Yeah. But Martin Freeman, I've got I've got this problem where 
when he played Tim in the office, I, I thought he was the best thing in it, alongside Gareth. I thought he was amazing. You think, oh, he'd be great, you know, to push his career on. And mm. in Startup, he played a real baddie, and I really sort of enjoyed that. But then my friend from school who was in the office with him said that he's a complete see you next Tuesday. So oh, now... Really? Yeah. So Perfect. what I'm saying is I don't judge anyone until I know them personally. And my school friend, you know, he's up and down himself. So I wouldn't want to judge, but it does kind of slant your opinion, unfortunately. Mm. But I still enjoy him. And he is a hardworking actor and a very successful one. But in Breeders, I'll have to go back to it. But I sort of enjoyed it, and perhaps because I watched it with a mother, I, I did find it a bit OTT. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back to it. Second season now, isn't it? Dennis? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I just finished it on on Tuesday. Um, speaking of then watching with mothers, what about Motherland? Because I know I, I binged that quite recently. Did you like that? Do you know what I did? But I did feel like it. I think I've said this before. Sometimes when like I did this with Breaking Bad, and I think you shouldn't do this with certain programs and motherland for me is it's really funny and the characters are great even though some of them you go oh i don't like the way they've written that character and i don't not feel sympathetic to that one and i'm a bit and but they're so exaggerated that it's kind of all right but because i binged it it just felt a little bit like oh this is just quite repetitive set pieces of just doing the same thing with a slightly different location or actually i should say same locations as well it's always at the school gates or it's always in the cafe or it's always do you know what I mean and it felt like maybe that's something I should have just enjoyed over the however long it took to to watch the two or three seasons whatever but yeah mm. it is it is good though shall I tell you about my Lupin thing now yes please yes so there was a Lupin Q&A and as you know I've finished series two and it was so fascinating. It was the writer, so George Kay, the um, French producer, and Omar Sy, who obviously is playing um, Diop in it. And some of the things that came out of it, there were, it was only an hour, bless them, they were trying to get a finish for the kickoff as well for the match. But it was so fascinating because it turns out that so I, I don't know how far... Leon, have you watched any of it? No, I'm saving it. I saw some really yeah. good reports on, on it. And I know second season's out as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and they're only so, five episodes each, so it's quite easy easy watch. But they're very different. In The, the C, series one is very different to series two, and they talked about why that is, and it was really interesting. But they also said that... So the first thing that was interesting, they said that um, Lupin was something that if you are French, you know this character. You know, it's like yeah. Sherlock Holmes. You've, you've grown up with this character. TV shows, adaptations. I think there was a Magna animation that got sued because they they hadn't got permission and used something. I, I don't know, it was the copyright infringement. But anyway, it became um, in the public domain. I think it was around 2008 or nine or something. And so everybody then was like, oh my God, it's it's out. We can do things with it. Let's Let's do something. And then, so they've been speaking about doing stuff for ages, and it was this French production company called Gaumont, and they were already working with Omar, and they wanted to do something with Lupin. So they, they had Omar in mind, so they wanted to do a scripted TV series. Anyway, he was sort of sitting there going, oh, but it's done before, you know, everybody's 
been doing it and keen to do it so you know what what can we do so he actually came up with the idea himself to go well how about we make it about a fan of Lupin rather than about him and they were like yeah we love that so they were they were sort of working on it and then went to Netflix who then because they were already working with George K suggested he should write it so it'd been in production mm. and development for quite a while and George K came on board knowing right I know what it's kind of about and I know who's in it so he was the last element and one of the things he said which is fascinating so this isn't really a spoiler but the opening the episode one is set in Le Louvre um, and he said that he wrote that thinking I'm always mindful about locations and how much this is going to cost and I meant to change it because I thought oh, there's no way we're going to get to filming there he said I forgot so when I sent it off and they came back going, by the way, Louvre said yes. He's like, what? I forgot about that. So they were saying how it came. Wow. And yeah, it was really good. But they said that Netflix said to them, there was one point where, obviously it only came out last year and then the pandemic hit, but they were like, you know what, let's let's leave this as five episodes and then you can go and create you know, what you need to do. Because obviously five episodes is quite an unusual number for, for anyone, not just Netflix. So mm. they did the rest of it during during the lockdown which i hadn't realized so and they said that the you know the very difference was um they made where the first one was you know he was a clever gentleman thief and then the second one is more of the, the father element so they kind of go deeper into the character and stuff but it was really really good listening to them talk about you know how it came about and how it was made and yeah and the the, the french company that you know obviously took it to netflix but yeah it was great that was really worth it i don't know if that's again i don't know if that's a i think they said that was being recorded as well so i will switch you on to that when that comes out cause it's but really, is lupin really like kind of up there with the best or is it just something easy it's to watch? fantastic and i'll tell you what oh, okay, it's cool, a love you know sometimes where you, you watch things you go oh my god that's like a love letter to paris or london it really is shot beautifully and they spoke a lot about the fact that George being an English writer, but they're keeping it very much French. It's the first time like a French thing has been so high on Netflix in America. And they're not intending to obviously change that. They said they love the fact it's French, but the fact they have an English writer really helps it. And they said, you know, that the the unique the uniqueness it's got, but being but it's subtitled, set, right? It is, yeah. Oh, good. And I also think I mean, I don't again, I don't want to spoil it. They could take this character anywhere in the world, but it, it yes. works for me, the fact that it is in Paris. They go out of Paris in, in the second series as well. But they go to still, Ibiza? They, they don't, but I bet they... Uh, you know, I'm not sure they could, actually. It's too small for, for what... Following the nature, yeah, the, the nature of Yeah, the nature of what he, he does, um, I don't think so. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things as well that when I was watching series two, I was like, oh, this is a bit silly. But if you just suspend that kind of thought and ah. go it's not ridiculous silly but it is a bit like you think not what you just, silly. no no you, you have to stretch a little bit but to be honest it's the payoff is so worth it it's so good to watch and it's you know it's funny and it's charming and it's it's a lot of things but the characters are great the story's great and yeah it, i i think it's one of the, my favorite things over the last sort of 18 months wow that's a high that's a wow good yeah so have you have you watched any of it, Leon? No, no, I've I, I've always fancied it, but I've sort of saved it for best. Mm. Um, I liked it. You didn't love it, but <laughs> I didn't use the B word. You did. Um, I liked it, 
I enjoy uh, writing that is fantastical um, and brave. And what I mean by brave is there isn't a whole lot of, they're not trying really hard for it to be real. They just want it to entertain you. Certainly the first five, right? I've not, obviously I've not watched the second half, so I can't comment on that. But that first half of it, it's really like, I think it's successful because it's like a throwback to to classic Hollywood films or something like that. Like it's very, it's big, it's pompous, it's overblown, it's, you know, unrealistic, all of that stuff in the best possible way, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's the thing that it transports you out of, almost out of your world and into another world, if that makes sense. There's no dragons or goblins or anything though, is there? Nothing like that. It's oh. like, it, it's magic and sleight of hand and that kind of thing. Oh In, no. No, no, but not, when I say magic, it's not magician type thing, it's just, if you know anything about the, the, the Lupin character anyway, that's kind of, you know, like he was a gentleman thief. So it's, right. It's it's really good. But also, going back to what Asan said, c completely right, but one thing that they have done is that, and it's not subtly done, but there are these little bits where you kind of go, okay, they are addressing sort of, you know, prejudice and the race and stuff like that as well, but not ramming it down your throats because they're, they're obviously telling this other story, but they're not shying away from things that are, should be addressed, I would say. Yeah. Cool, I'm going to check it out then. It is good though. Have you gone back to season two though, Asad, if you're sort of having a bit of a butt? Well, no, I'm not having a butt. I will I will go back to it, but I definitely need to be in the mood to go back to, go back to it. It's very and... clever though because of the flashbacks. Because sometimes when you're going, oh, as if, this is ridiculous. But there's a lot of flashbacks to um, Diop as a kid and... They're really great bits as well. There's a, so it's a nice backstory, and they, they that, do that, the flashbacks. That BBC really show well. Hustle is it similar to that? I'm drawing a blank. Have I seen this? Yeah, what's that show? It's a drama. For, it's called Hustle on BBC. It was like eight seasons. Adrian Lester, Robert Vaughan, Robert Glenister, Mark Warren. It was like a sort of big BBC show, and it was about um, fraudsters. And they tried to pull off scams. Is it along that kind of... You see, that, that rings of... the bell, but I haven't seen it. But I don't think it is. I was pretty sold on it the first episode, though. So I'd say you, you're you going to know. If you like the first episode, mm. you'll know. It's okay. not like yeah, one of those where it takes time to warm up. You'll be in if you're in, and that's that's it, really. Yeah, and, um, I'd go along with that. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say, Debs? No, that was that was all I was going to say in terms of um, one other thing as a follow-up from previous things. I'm moving swiftly away from Lupin before I monopolise the whole uh, podcast about it, was to say, obviously, Britney Spears appeared in court and we've discussed her conservatorship. And so I read, in terms of when you said what we watched, listened to and read, I read her statement and was very pleased that she... Uh, I did um, see under the guise of this might be okay tweet. I did see your comment on that. Whose Debs. comment? Sorry. <laughs> Debs' comment. Our comment. Gonna pull you. Our comment. I was actually going to pull you on that. I, I, I put it as a joint. <laughs> hey Sam, what's the anything? I, I'm not getting involved. Okay. No, <laughs> it was my. So th those yeah, were my you words. Kanye into. No wait, 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 Liam, Liam. They were my words that I fed to Debs and said. 
I want to tweet this, but I'm not going to. And she said, and I said, you should tweet it from your account. And then she said, shall I do it from the pod account? And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. And then I said, wait, are you going to tell Leon or do we just tweet it and then see what he says? <laughs> and I said, everyone will assume that I wrote it because, yeah. you know. Yeah. See, there you go. You'd think a woman wrote that and not she the did. case. No, I typed it. I no, no, write she it. just, she, it was me. It was me. Yeah. It's something that I've, it's something that I've thought for a long time um, that, you know, the, the combination, well, men with money are, are protected literally from everything. Yeah. Um, and then you look at somebody like Brittany, who's got like way more money than, than you need. Yeah. And men in her position have been far more mentally unstable, far more publicly yeah, and that's a very good point, actually. Nobody's ever, you know, like I said... No, joking like, apart, it's a great point. I just don't know, because I haven't watched the documentaries, uh, how yeah. bad she was as a mother of children. I don't know that, because that's where it comes down to, because the fathers, as mad as they are, aren't in charge of the children. But I don't. I can't comment, because I haven't seen the... I've only heard the bullshit in the papers. Yeah, I'm not sure she had custody at that point anyway. And, but again, it would be like saying... Well, that's why it's all come yeah, about. Yeah. That's the only reason. I think, if I Kanye read... was in charge of the kids and he'd lost the plot, there would be a big issue there. I still... I, yeah, I do. I still feel like the whole idea of the conservatorship is completely Yeah, it's shocking. Ridiculous. It's shocking. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And totally just shocking, just to, by the way. I just just to pick up on what you said, Leon, um, Michael Jackson had had custody of his kids... And, you know, like... Yeah, he dangled one over a balcony. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, th I think... That, that feels like a different era to me, but yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But they, they got the conservatorship... Or black or white. <laughs> they got, the, they got the conservatorship a long time ago. So they got yeah. the conservatorship in that era. And actually, it's this era that will free her from it, if that oh, makes I sense. I see. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about free Britney. So that's good. I'm fine with that. Excellent. Excellent. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go back and retweet that post now. <laughs> Good. Listen, um, Debs, yes. I, I want, again, I want to go back to Lupin for one second. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, Omar Sy is a star. Like I've, uh, for a lot of people outside of France, Lupin is the thing that is making them see him and go, wow, he's great. I've watched him for years and years and years. And I think he's an incredible actor. Um, would you go along with that? I would, but I would also say there's an interview that I read yesterday with him where he was saying, oh, I, I didn't really, you know, I didn't audition for this and I didn't do that. And he lives in LA and he'd done a lot of stuff in America. And, and it was, the, the interview was, I'll, again, I'll post that link. It's really, really interesting. But I mean, I haven't seen him in a lot of things, but I think he is completely brilliant. Um, but he also, um, he's credited as the artistic producer for, for this work as well. So, But he was very familiar with the, the character growing up and stuff. But I love the fact that he just thought, I wanted to make it mine. How can I make it mine and give it a modern spin? So, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I'm definitely, a, especially after as well, I've never seen him or read anything that wasn't, in character so obviously the q a and then reading a couple of articles and interviews cemented my my thoughts i knew you were a fan but you've seen him in what's the big thing that he was the in? one that they remade that maybe they did uh, uh, so it's called untouchable that's, it's about the um, untouchables yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. the 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 the, the, uh, the old rich man in the in, yeah. in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I took you back to to. to no, it's okay. I, I mean, I am done now. On my what have I done this week watching this stuff? <laughs> so. Okay, so I'm gonna. T- I, I want to talk very quickly, Leon. I'll get to you, but I want to talk very quickly about a trailer that I watched for a show that I'm definitely going to binge this weekend called Hacks, which is on HBO, and it is the mother from uh Jean smart yeah gene smart who from... the, the mother from the thing we discussed last week the mayor of east town <laughs> the mother from the mayor of east town and um, and i watched the trailer and then i thought oh my god that looks amazing and then you know what what's always interesting is when screenwriters and people in the business go nuts about a show and just weirdly, I watched the trailer and I went, oh, that looks like fun. I'm going to watch it. And then like an hour later, I was on Twitter and a bunch of screenwriters were like, oh, my God, uh, who who else is desperate to be hired for the second season of Hacks? What a show. And it's just I, I kind of had this moment of being like, wow, I don't think there's a bigger compliment that you can pay a show than as a writer going, I want to be hired to write the next season of that. And funnily enough, I think think that the reason I wanted to talk about it is because Leon, like, I know that you had the big Ted thing and you were, you were like, I'm not having Ted, right? But do you think you, did you watch the trailer for Hacks? No, no, I, I, I just checked it actually. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's HBO and 8.3 out of 10. Well, that's a, that's a good start. Yeah, well, and check it out. Comedy, because so I, yeah. I loved the trailer. Yeah. Well, let's, t- let's give a little bit more for the audience. It is a comedy about a actress in her 60s working the Vegas uh, strip whose agent in LA sends a young junior agent to look after the actress. And the actress is... I did not get that at all from the trailer, by the way. That's I, what that's what, sh- that's oh, what the show's about, I basically. I thought she it's was a, a stand-up and they send someone to write jokes. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe. maybe I'm getting that wrong. No, 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 no. There's definitely not a. The, it's definitely the agent who they send. Ah, I thought the agent sent a writer. Okay, maybe I I totally got that wrong then. Yes. No, but anyway, um, if no, you can is. watch it, it somewhere, it is. It She's is a what? 25-year-old comedy writer. That's they send her to write her jokes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's going to be even better. No wonder people love it. That's why I thought this is brilliant because, of course, she's got a nose out of joint going, I don't need you. She te- she sends her to help write new material because she's flagging. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, I anyway, think that that's, yes. good. that's going to get that's going to get binged this weekend. Um, and the only other thing that I want to talk about this week is I listened to a podcast called Blind Spot, which is made by WNYC and the History Channel, right? And it's a series where they kind of look back at historical events. And it's this the one that I listened to is called The Road to 9-11. And the reason that, like, so my thing with podcasts is that I tend to either turn it off before the first episode ends, yeah, or certainly before the second episode ends, or I'll just end up binging the whole thing. Like there seems to be no middle ground with me where I can just leave it so this is one of those where i got 20 minutes into the first episode and i was like oh my god i'm just going to have to binge this why because everybody feels like they know everything there is to know 
about 9-11 because it's been talked about so much and it's been written about so much. But wow, like the kind of the deep backstory that, that they've done in, in Blindspot is incredible because it brings to life an array of characters and really is literally the road to 9-11 in terms of in the US and in the Middle East, where did this begin and how did it happen and the people involved. And I think that's the thing that I found the most interesting because there are other historical stories which we wouldn't necessarily connect, which when you listen to the podcast, you go, oh my God, of course. Um, so yeah, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely loved it. And as a general thing, I'm really struggling to watch fiction right now. And I don't know why that is. I think um, it's because, let me just step in, I have the same issue. It's because, however, obviously we're very fussy with pods and documentaries. They're so well crafted these days and produced, but because you get something out of it, it actually happened. And we've said before the pod that you can have a shitish, shit-ish film but if it's a true story, it gets it gets, a set, it gets an extra couple of marks out of ten because you got something out of it. I feel so once you've immersed yourself in podcasts and documentaries, to go and switch off and you're like, well, what's the point of that? That's just a story, and it's a shame. And that's the domination of pods and documentaries have made filmmaking much harder because no one really just wants a story unless it's like Marvel or you know that kind of thing. So that for me is why you probably struggle. Hmm. I can't speak for I th- you. No, I mean, I, I think the the other thing that I'm uh, a little bit, I guess, I, I feel almost as though I have so much, I'm writing so much at the moment and I have so many different projects in my head that I almost get anxious when I sit down to watch something and I don't know why. Like, I, I genuinely can't explain why. Do you feel why. you're wasting time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pfft. you're not where you want to be. I think there's an element of that. It's hard to relax. You can relax hungover because you've got no choice. You yes, can relax watching Man true. City because you've got no choice. But when it comes to other stuff, you're like, I should be doing something. And that, that overriding guilt because you've got this, you know, this huge project that's about to happen. I mean, it is, it's the creative nightmare. You do something as a hobby to switch off. And in the end, it's no longer your hobby. Hobby? No longer <laughs> your hobby. And you're like, fuck, I've got to find another one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. I And the sad thing is that I have a little bit of that with football as well, because obviously, like, doing the doing the 9 through 20 stuff, I've kind of ended up in a place where that stuff just feels like a job sometimes, do you know what I mean? And it's like, so I've not really even watched the Euros because I'm like, I need a break from football, yeah? So I, I need a new hobby, and I guess in a way, these kind of true story podcasts are a good hobby because they're a rabbit hole that I don't mind disappearing down because like you say it doesn't feel like a waste of time in the sense that I feel like I'm learning something you're getting something from it yeah no I'm I'm totally totally only reason I've sort of jumped in trying to speak for you which is naughty of me is uh that's exactly the issue I have Hmm. and I can't sit and watch a film and leave my phone in the other room and leave my iPad in the other room and leave my laptop in the other room and just sit there and watch it unless I'm a complete hungover mm, and even yeah, then I, the phone's still about yeah I mean look I'm uh, I think that the other side of that coin is that the bar has been raised 
And what I mean by that is the more I, the deeper I get into writing, the easier it is to spot flaws in things and just go, I'm not watching that. Um, but you still have moments like the Mayor of Easttown, which was so good that I just, you know, it hooked me. And once it had hooked me, that was it. I, I really couldn't, uh, I couldn't let go of it. That's a good reminder uh, to finish it now, actually, the last one. Oh yeah, mate! You've got you've got to do that. The last episode is uh, is killer. Even well, if especially it had when I got kicked podcasts. off my own podcast last week because of to talk about it. So I definitely uh... <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. So, um, Leon, what have you watched? Not much, to be honest. Because apologies, I've been so busy. No, I haven't. And each time I lie, lie in bed at like midnight ish and um, put something on, and nothing like that, by the way. Um, I fall asleep within five minutes and I'm going to mention it though it's on Sky I've just brought it up because it is really good but it's called Murder at the Cottage and um, an Oscar winning Irish director who's pretty old now has done this um, five part documentary called Murder Cottage about a French producer it was killed in the uh, the southwest coast of Ireland, and it's amazing. But I'm still only about four nights in a row I've watched it. I'm still only about forty minutes into the first episode. But it's sorry, what's it? Murder at the cottage. Murder at the cottage. Yeah, and it's oh. like who's the most famous Oscar-winning Irish director? His name's escaped me. Um, I don't know why I nearly said Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Byrne there, but he's not a director, is he? No. No. He, he presents it, and it's brilliantly done, because obviously he's a film director, so it's brilliantly done. It's been his kind of itch that he had to scratch, and he's obviously been in lockdown and thought, what else can I do? I'll, I'll go back and do that. And obviously Sky Crime, based on what we are just saying, Aitan, about the appetite for true crime, have now got their own channel, and I think... They filled it originally with a load of old crap from the past, but now this is their big sort of first, or one of their first kind of new, interesting new content. So that's what I've been watching, and aside from the Euros, I have nothing else. I've got I'm on the podcast hunt at the minute to switch off a little bit. There's a couple of ninety three twenty shows that I enjoy. Uh, Death in Ice Valley, I've gone back to because. I kind of just, after a couple of episodes, I went away from it, but it's really good. And uh, the Lazarus heist. And obviously the Lazarus heist? Yeah. I haven't just not heard that. No, what's that? That's about North Korea and Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, my apologies. Yeah. That's the um, that's the Sony hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely heard that. So, and, um, and then I was listening to it and it ran out and I was sort of, Lost in my own world, and Chris Gettard's Beautiful Anonymous came on, and that's obviously a podcast I was recommended years ago. And I think you have to be in the mood for it, but mm. I'm not sure whether it's complete wank or amazing. So I listened to one. I think it's quite kind of up its own ass from him and the guests, thinking they're very important, but. It's a tricky one. As I said before, we're on a podcast talking about what we think. So how can you slag someone else off for doing that? Have you listened to it, Beautiful Anonymous? No, I haven't. 
Babs? I was just sitting there listening going, oh my God, I'm so like not in this podcast world. Have I considered I'm sitting here doing one? I'm like, oh, I've not heard of that one or that one or that. No. Yeah, I was recommended from one of my arty mm. mates in LA. It's, it, it's kind of good, but like I listened to one the other day called about this woman and they're sort of, they're trying to impress Chris because it's come really famous now and he's obviously a comedian. And you're not sure whether it's, are they trying to impress him with funny stories and are they trying to, and then you think, well, this story isn't amazing, but it's got a nice kind of warm feel to it. I think I'm probably not the best person to judge because I go from sensitive to a ruthless git. <laughs> so so I'm probably not the best chap, but it's probably worth listening to to try it out. But, but on, in terms of true stuff, I mean, that is true as well, but more to get your, your teeth into than... Then Lazarus Highs, as you know, is very good. Death in Ice Valley is an old classic. And um, like I say, the, the, the ones that are always there are Talking Sopranos and 9320. That's it from me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to screenshot my um, podcast library and send it to you because I've just got so many podcasts in there and I'm sure you won't have listened to them all. And I'm fairly sure that most of them, most of the ones that I've loved, you'll love. Because I think we've got pretty similar taste when it comes to... We have, yeah. We definitely have, the, you too. The voice issue I have, remember? Oh, that's, that's right. Annoying. Yeah, but you know what? It was only that one. What was oh, that okay. American one? It was only that one that I, I know that one... Hello, Aysan. It's me on today. Exactly. To about this murder. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, we're... we're, we're uh, that Most of them aren't like that, but I know some of the Wondery ones, they do, they do have that. Yeah. yeah, I got um, I I pay for Wondery Plus, which you can do now. Uh, do you know what that is, Leon? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's worth it, I think, because the no ads in the Wondery podcast they have so many ads in them, oh, you yeah. just lose the flow. Um, so the the ad free versions are a much 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 more satisfying listen. Um, hey guys, there's no theme of the week because it's been an hour and I've really got to wrap this up. It, it, it's not actually been an hour, and I did have a question for both of you. Go on then. Because we're only 53 minutes in, guys, so I want to ask you both the question, if that's all right. When we started today, you were both talking about a similar thing, about the green light and waiting, and ASAM, you said if the phone rings, you get all anxious. What is the bit, I was going to say perjury, between greenlit and, like you say, the premiere? Is there any part after greenlit that still means they'll pull the plug? As in not, obviously the bit of selling it on to whatever. I'm just talking about being made. Which is the point where you know it's definitely happening? Because I'm wondering why you get nervous once it's been greenlit. Uh, go on, you go first. No, I'm the wrong person to ask. because If you remember rightly, in 100 Streets, we were 10 days in and our investor disappeared off the face of the planet. So, yeah, so, that's so that was over. Yeah. That was over. And I had a little cameo, and mine was the next day, and I was like, oh, right, I can't even get five years of work, and I can't even get a cameo in my own film. Three years of work at the time. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, there's never, there's never, you know, if you're, particularly in COVID, if your DOP gets COVID, you're done again. Um, mm. So, you know, not to be over the top, but in my experience, then there isn't but obviously if you're working on a sky or a bbc show and it's bubbled and and the money's there then there's no problem but when you're juggling plate spinning and flying by the seat of your pants as an independent knobhead like we are 
I am, then uh, there's, there's never a, a set time. So, you know, you're, you're running on nerves. But, you know, hopefully this one, because of the mistakes of the past, hopefully this one, once we are greenlit, then, yeah, we can relax. It's just this COVID issue for me. Mm. Well, Debs, certainly what I've been told, what I've seen happen to other people, um, is the, the problem with... The, the reason why it's purgatory is because, generally, your show is connected to a director, a star, and a broadcaster, right? And those are three parts that operate independently of each other and are prone to whims, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, my show is greenlit. Studio financed it. I've got a star. I've got a director. Now, the star next week could ring up and say, you know what? I just did a David O. Russell film and now he wants me to do another one. So I'm off to LA for a year. Sorry, guys, I can't do this. My show's over. Immediately, my show's over because the, I mean, you could say, oh, well, you can, you can go and find a star. You can go find another star. But finding another star as bankable as the one that you've got is going to take time. And either you've got the patience for that, either the studio have the patience for that time or they go, yeah, you know what? We've invested X into development. It's not that big a deal if we just kill this now. Um, so you're kind of, you, yeah, you basically, my agent said to me, mate, until you're stood on set, <clears throat> it isn't done. And even when you're stood on the set, anything could happen. Well, we just learned so, from Leon that, yeah, it was on set. So, mm. so there's a level of uncertainty that just remains there, if that makes sense. There just isn't a... Uh, the magic moment is when you rap, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. and then you have when a whole the new camp. set of things to deal with after. But that's that's kind of why I'm asking, because that would be like, you know, you're in the studio making an album and then you get dropped. It's like you exactly. once think you're in there, you're starting. And, and again, I've, you know, you read all the time about change of directors or change of actors, but I always thought if contracts were in place, how, you know, how does this, this work? because I guess you're just on the trust that they're going to see the job through rather than... Yeah, and I think you, you have to... So, for example, I got... To, and I didn't know this until recently. Um, I got told that, like, actors' agreements are completely worthless and directors' agreements are completely worthless. So, for example, um, I'm working with a big production company in London and I spoke to the producer two weeks ago and he was like, I, I, I'm going to disappear for two months you're not going to see me and I was like why and he's like because the director who shot this show that we've done has just been hired for this massive American production so he's gone I'm no longer editing any of this and he's left and so now the producer has to go in and do the edit uh, that the director should have done and he was contracted to do that edit right but he's not doing it because he's been offered a big American show um, so that's just the nature of this business that you're kind of your yeah i mean and i think the i think the other thing is that it happens to it happens to everyone like it it's not that well i'm a no-name writer so the star could walk off my show i could be you know aaron sorkin and the star could still get offered somewhere else and go i'm going i'm gonna go and do that david o russell film sorry guys mm. figure it out um so that that level of uncertainty, I think, is just uh, 
It's just a it's a regular thing. So I think. it's really think... down to sitting there, seeing it on the screen, and then you can go, ah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, and unless also... there's a COVID, then you're still waiting for it to be shown on a screen, of course. But there exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the I guess the the other thing is that that's why um, development is a very long process. That like basically you have to be you have to have the patience of of a million saints mm. if you want to work in television on the creative side as a writer or a creator mm. because everything is so slow yeah and everything is so unpredictable that as we've discussed before I've got a show that a studio in the U.S. a huge studio in the U.S. spent two years developing and dumped a bunch of money into it and when i say a bunch i'm not talking tens of thousands i'm talking hundreds of thousands right and then the dude who was running it got fired and now it's on a shelf and it may never you know the they may never finish the development and that's just the you know that's the nature of the beast so i think i, I that's one of the reasons why i focus on the day-to-day -day. like i i try really hard not to project myself too far forward mm. it's just get up every day, what do I need to do? What do I need to deliver? That's done, delivered, right, move on to the next thing. It's also why I have no emotional attachment to any of my projects, mm. yeah? That people say, oh, they're my babies. They are not my babies, mm. right? They are somebody else's babies. Because when you, when you work in television, it's such a um, collaborative process that you, you, things are constantly shifting and changing and you're constantly having to tailor characters story whatever things change and so the idea of being emotionally invested in anything a dialogue a scene a character uh, any of that stuff for me it's not there's no point you should be emotionally invested only during the process that you're creating it and then once you're done creating it you should immediately let it go you've you basically you've given birth and the kid has now been adopted and it's yeah. been adopted by the producers and it's not your responsibility anymore. That's producers very good advice. It that's a great, that's great good. advice. Good analogy. Except when you're the producer as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. when you're the producer. And that baby, <laughs> being a stepdad, that baby's not even, not even yours and stuck with it forever. <laughs> I like that. Excellent. Thank you for that, guys. Oh, and one last thing before you wrap up, Asa. You're going Go back on. to Hacks. I think that should be our homework to at least watch some of Hacks. Which... And Lupin. Well, yes, yes, but also the hacks thing, just to add, it's the same people who did Parks and Rec that, as you know, I've been slowly working my way through and dipping in mm. and out of every week. So I know I'm going to love it. There you go. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Right, well, can I wrap up now, please, Debs? <laughs> I give permission, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I think this might have been okay. Sorry, I'll just pause then because I've just been, literally, I'm like, I'm being a ugh. Today has been it's Jack chaotic. It's, it's all Jack Grealish It's all this Jack, Jack Grealish stuff, man. It's like, and I feel like people think I'm a football journalist. Like, people said football, other football journalists sending me texts going, what have you heard? I'm like, are you for real? You, you work in the media. You tell me if it's are real. Are you giving us anyway. a scoop, even though this won't be out for another two days? What's happening? I've missed it. You can tell us anyway. Whatever. Well, the scoop <laughs> is that it's not true. It's not done yet. Okay. We're still negotiating. I don't know what that there means, but thank you. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. Right. So this was episode 29. I think this might have been okay. Debs Wild, thank you very much. Thank you. Leon Butler, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. To all our listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
rate, like, subscribe, do all of that stuff. We'll be back next week. We've got a theme of the week for next week, which is actually very cool and should be a lot of fun. Um, so come back next week. And until then, stay safe.